everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Carlos. Corey's on vacation. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so we threw him out for the week. Get out of here, jerk. One less moron on the show. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> How you doing, everybody? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, stinking hot, Carlos. Like, this is this is dangerous stuff. I mean, it's stupid hot. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know if the Earth's orbit is, uh, <laughs> has, been, has been changed and we're slowly moving closer to the sun. But, uh, yeah, not fun at all. Like, Friday was, what... 45 degrees with uh, the Humidex? Something like that. We we hit a we broke a, a record in my swimming pool for for high temperature. 91 degrees. Ugh. <laughs> it's like taking a bath. <laughs> kind of. I was like, oh, it's soup. Great. Let's go jump in the soup, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it was gross. Yeah. But then I, I got in today and it was down to like 84. And I'm like, boo. <laughs> uh, uh, 84 is nice. Today was a little windy, though. Like, um, only later on in the afternoon, it actually started getting warmer. But, uh, yeah, it is summer, you know? Can't really... I I mean, work. yeah. I mean, at, at some level, the world's getting hotter. We got it. We have to expect this a bit. But it has been relentless for, what, two weeks? Yeah. it's uh, This one was, what, eight days? And then a couple of weeks ago, there was another, like, four or five days of, like, sweltering heat. Yeah. It's tough to... Gross. And you moved. You just finished a move. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I got, I got the key. I wasn't, I was not sure when, um, the, the previous tenant was going to move out and I I didn't know when I was going to get the keys. So I planned my move for, uh, July 4th where the, the prices were a, a lot lower than on July 1st. And, um, but I got the keys on the 30th of June. So I started doing trips every day, uh, going back and forth, uh, taking my uh, my let's say more breakables in my car. The Lego. Be honest, it's the it's the Lego. Some of the Lego. <laughs> I do the same thing. And, and uh, no, my TV, computer, just stuff like that that I you know didn't want to leave chance to anyone else. And uh, while I was here, uh, I had I, I wasn't planning on painting, but kind of had no choice to paint because there was a lot of holes and screws and walls that needed to be patched so uh so i ended up painting in during a heat wave i'm surprised uh, yeah i'm surprised the paint stuck it actually came out well i chose a nice a nice color and uh I, i bought a good quality paint and it only took two coats wow so yeah no very 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 happy with that and uh, setting up my uh, my shelves for the Lego collection, uh, that's been uh, that's been fun. I'm still teetering on whether I should get another another shelf, another bookshelf. Um, yeah, so we'll see we'll see what this week brings. And uh, but slowly but surely, uh, it's starting to feel homey. Cool, man! Congrats! Which is nice. That's a big move. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, very big move. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, moving's not fun. Even at the best of times, it's it's just not fun. I th- sometimes I think the unpack can be fun, but that's like the only part that can be mildly pleasant. 
Yeah, it's like the, the, I think unpacking is it happens in three stages. Like the first stage is let's get stuff out of the boxes and out of the way. Yep. And then and then while you're trying to like cook and and do stuff in the kitchen, you're like, you know what? Uh, um, it's because the knives should be here. And then you have to start switching things around once you're living in the space. Um, so you know, there's a lot of that going on, and then there's finally like what needs to be deep in the closet and what needs to be within reach. So yeah, there's like multiple stages of unpacking. Well, I'm glad the, the worst part is over <laughs> long. May you yeah, find peace in this new home. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to move for at least five years. From your lips to God's ears, five years. Come on. Please. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> seven, seven would be better. But, uh, <laughs> five is five is good. I'll well, take five. Off the top of the show, um, we got to take a few minutes here to send out some birthday wishes to some significant people in in world history and, of course, in our lives. Like July thirteenth is a big day, as it turns out. Like a lot of important people were born this day. Um, as somewhere out there, Julius Caesar, somewhere committing war crimes, issuing bribes, he's celebrating his two thousand one hundred and twentieth birthday today, Carlos. <laughs> yes he is and so special he is that they actually named the month that he was born in after him what an egomaniac huh anyway we we wish him all the best wherever he may be and it, he you know we, we have to be a little bit grateful for him because he was partially inspirational for for palpatine all right you know was a, he not? a rapid rise to dic- dictator-esque powers in a republic I think there's a quote somewhere out there of Lucas saying, yeah, that Caesar was somehow inspirational t- uh, towards creating Palpatine. So a little tip of the cap to uh, to Caesar for all the good he did in this world. <laughs> 2000 yeah. plus years ago. Um, Yeah. Like the, the, and the hits don't stop there uh, a little closer to home. I, I personally want to wish former NBA star Spud Webb, a happy 57th. <laughs> he could dunk, couldn't he? He won the dunk competition. Little Spud. Little Spud Webb, all five foot seven of them, man. Yeah, great. He, the eighty-six dunk competition. I think he was with the with the Hawks. Uh, how old? How old is he? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Spud Webb, beautiful. I always loved Muggsy Bogues, Spud Webb. Like yeah. seeing the little guys like that, I was just like. God bless you guys, man. Going in there with guys a foot and a half taller than you. You know what I love about Muggsy Bogues? He was a, he was a man, but could not grow a mustache. He had that like little fuzz mustache. Isn't he doing a a commercial now for GoDaddy or Squarespace? I don't know. I don't have cable. I don't watch TV anymore. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. Who, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, birthdays. Oh, it, oh, it gets better. The the birthdays don't stop. Um, let's wish a happy 74th birthday to Cheech Marin. Nice. Amen. <laughs> you know this guy's on the Mount Rushmore of Corey's life. <laughs> I wish Corey were here to talk about Cheech Marin because the podcast, we'd have a, a... This is how you fill time. We don't have Star Wars stuff, much Star Wars stuff to talk about, so we'll talk about Cheech Marin. And if Corey were here, we could go all it, night. 
if Corey were here, he'd probably mistakenly quote Tommy Chong <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, just prove to everyone how much he loves them. Dave's not here, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Harrison Ford. Remember him? Uh. Yeah. He's seventy-eight today, July thirteenth. Seventy-eight. Get off my plane. <laughs> Instead of get off my lawn, he's an old bastard. He's an old. He's an old grump. Likes to crash yep. planes. You know. <laughs> Thinks he's cool because he wears an earring. <laughs> you got. We gotta love him. I mean, he will. He will forever be the coolest guy ever. Harrison Ford, seventy-eight years old, still has yet to film Indiana Jones Five. Yeah. He'll be ball. Oh jeez, he'll be pushing seventy-nine when they finally get around to that, and then he'll be. 80 when it comes out. You think he's going to trade in his whip for a walker? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, for 78 years old, this dude is still in great shape. He might, he yeah, might outlive sure. me. He might outlive me. I, I, I don't know. Uh, moving up the scale here. Jean-Luc Picard, Professor X, the beloved Patrick Stewart, turns 80 today. Oh, that's awesome, man. And this, I love this man. To yeah, he's great. Death to the ends of the earth and back. Patrick Stewart is just one of the greats. I I love his friendship with Sir Ian McKellen. Yep. I I love I love he's he's the guy that kind of made me a Star Trek fan almost single handedly. I just I love the guy so much. He's so good and earnest in everything he does. Um, I enjoyed his latest turn as Picard on on the new Star Trek series. I didn't see that yet. It's all right. It's yeah. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. Like in that I don't know all the lore, but uh, I'm in it for him and only him. Can I can I uh, just give a a quick uh, just a little detour here? Sure. Like I, I I'm a huge fan of uh, the Next Generation. I loved Star Trek growing up. Um, huge fan of him as Professor X. I think he was phenomenal. But my favorite role of his is. Um, the live-action Christmas Carol. He did a version of Ebenezer Scrooge and was amazing. Like, I'm a huge Dickens fan, and I love A Christmas Carol. And he, that's, for me, is his most iconic role. Hmm, cool. I, I didn't even know he played that role. Oh, so good. But he's a, he's a good man. Patrick Stewart is a good man. And I, I remember, like, 30 years ago, when they started, like, fan casting in, in Wizard Magazine. And they were just talking about who would be Professor X. And it was like Patrick Stewart. Like, this is the only man who can play Patrick Stewart. And, you know, long before, I think, uh, well, we had a couple of, like, Donald Glover was kind of a fan casting. If the Rosario Dawson thing pans out, that's going to go down as a fan casting. There have been fan castings over the year that just happened to work out. I yeah. think that's got to be the original one and probably the the most unanimous. Like, there's nobody else to do this. It's Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I don't see anyone else being able to pull off what he did. I really, really don't. Yeah, I saw uh, what's the, the the guy who plays the young Patrick Stewart? What's his name again? He was also in Split. I, I it just it escaped me right now because you know edibles. But um, he he's really good too. Like I I like him as a young Charles Xavier. Yeah, the name is escaping me too right now. Why is that? Why um, is it escaping me? Uh, Everybody's yelling at us right now. Huge. It's uh, James McAvoy. 
McAvoy, yeah. Oof. Idiot. There, there, there's that Corey imitation. Idiot. Shut up, man. <laughs> that was funny last week. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, um, yeah, he was he's really good too. I saw an interesting poll. Um, uh, uh, another name's escaping me. Yeah, Jeremy Conrad. He ran a poll on Twitter because, um, Giancarlo Esposito. He was talking about how he'd love to join the MCU and it would be like the next logical step in his career. And he threw out a poll: just who would you, who do, who would you like to see him play? And he threw out uh, Professor X, Norman Osborn. Uh, Professor X, Norman Osborn. There's two other guys that he threw in the poll. Some good... Magneto was another. Hmm. And... What was the other? It was Kang the Conqueror. Ooh, okay. My choice was Magneto. Just because I, I I can picture Moff Gideon, the way he delivers Moff Gideon's lines... And the way that Jonathan Hickman's Magneto is being portrayed right now in the comics, I'm like, that's the same guy. It's the cape, though. It's also the the Moff Gideon cape yeah. kind of kind of sold you there. I guess uh, that was that that got me too. But that'd be cool. I would love to see uh, Giancarlo Esposito in in the MCU. Who wouldn't? I mean, the guy's so good. Well, when there was rumors that he was in Star Wars, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Done. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was all about it. And uh, better than I expected, which is awesome. Ice water in his vein. Ice water in his veins, that guy. I love it. Yeah, so good. But he also and seems like a, a nice dude in real life. Yeah, he's like a hippie, man. He's like a beatnik hippie. It's like Stephen Ogg, who was in Walking Dead. I forget the name of the character he played. Uh, he's in the current Snowpiercer show on Netflix. He just He always plays like a like this second lieutenant on the bad side. Like he's always just very creepy and malevolent and icky. But in real life, apparently he is just the nicest guy who's ever lived. I'm like, good for you, man, to be able to go down that road and be just a, a nasty villain all the time, but just be the sweetest guy. I, I respect that. Uh, cool. Let's, uh, okay, that's it for the birthdays. Moving right along. Um, collecting update. We didn't have you with us last week and you were in boxes, but have you added anything? Were you brave enough to add anything to the collection <laughs> while you were in boxes? Uh, yes. I added the, <laughs> I added the TIE Defender, 8087 TIE Defender, um, from, what is it, 2010, I believe? Uh, which was uh, really cool. Uh, no box, no instructions, but uh, complete set with the minifigs, which was really awesome. And I also added um, a two, the 2016 May the 4th promo of um, a mini build of R2-D2, 70 pieces in a poly bag. Um, I found a guy who had three and I bought two off him cool uh yeah and uh that's it so i'm gonna build one keep one uh, in the poly bag with uh, the other uh, extras that i have and uh, if uh, times get hard and i need bread i can always sell it <laughs> <laughs> i don't even need bread but just to say uh what else uh, what else did i add hmm that this is a funny thing i had 
22, I had counted 22 TIE fighters in my collection. <laughs> <laughs> but but when I when I set them up on my shelves, I only count 20. Uh-oh. So I either miscounted or misplaced two TIE fighters, but I don't remember which one. I, like, I can't t- seem to remember which ones. Well, Poe clearly stole one. Poe? Poe clearly stole, stole a tie. Oh, yeah, you're right. He did. <laughs> yeah, Finn and Poe. Um, and uh, Kylo Ren also took one. True. Yeah. No, that's it. I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what's going to happen here. I still have uh, I have a lot of building to do. I have uh, one, two, three, four UCS sets to build. I have the three helmets to build. I have uh, the 2010, <laughs> 2010 um, uh, TIE Fighter uh, with Darth Maul in the box uh, to build. I, I might, I, you know what? I might even keep that in the box. And I have a line on the Darth Vader tie versus A Wing set from um, uh, 2016 from the the Rebels line. Yep. Uh, I was one guy had a had a closed set on Kijiji. Was asking 190, and I kept chiseling, 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 and he's like, "Nope, 160 is my lowest." And um, I'm like, "Okay, well, when you get to 140, message me." And he messaged me two days ago. There you go. <laughs> so, but but I'm still like, hmm. Uh, I don't know, you know, groceries and stuff. I just Red. moved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although if I buy it at 140, I could pretty much flip flop it right away for a decent profit. So, but that's not what I want to do, you know? Sure. Of course. That's yeah. That's not why we're in this. Um, yeah, not much for, for me, man. Like last week I, I was shamefully describing this rabbit hole. I fell down. Um, I, I stopped the, fun- the bleeding. The, the Funko hole. The Marvel Funko rabbit hole. I yeah. think I stopped the bleeding. I don't know what the last figures were that I mentioned that I picked up, but I don't think I picked up any since. I think I think Spider-Man was the last one I picked up. Did I, I did mention that, right? Uh, I I believe so. Yeah, let's, let's just say I did. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new that I can think of has been added on that end. Uh, the only other thing I did really was just I built my chewy brickhead from I, I think I got it in last year's or the year before Secret Santa that we did here yes. with, the, with the Star Wars Commonwealth. Never built it. It just sat on my shelf. I liked it on in the box, but my kids badger me all the time. Like, Can we build that thing? All right, let's do it. And so we, we built ourselves a little Chewbacca there for half an hour. So that, that that's about it. It's really about now for me. I mean, most of my pre-orders are out of the way. I, now I'm just going to wait for stuff to come in. I don't see myself buying a ton of stuff anymore Star Wars related for the, for the rest of 2020. Knocking on wood. But now it's it's about taking the space I've got and rearranging it so that I can display a lot of this stuff better and rearranging the podcast space that I use in this room which is a guest bedroom, but also where I stuff a lot of my collectibles. It's just, this room is a disaster. (laughs) I've I've got to, I've been mixed, like really angling to gut it and put it back together. But it's got this handy bed right here next to me, not Hmm. 18 inches from where I'm sitting right now. Like I'm really crammed in in a corner here. 
But some nights when we go long here on the podcast, I can't tell you how handy it is to just flop out of this chair and into that bed. It's pretty damn handy. But like, I want to turn this into a proper office slash little nerd room cave thingy. And unfortunately, I don't know that a bed is a part of that plan. And I, I do have the blessing from the boss to do this. So I just got to do it. <laughs> but so the, funny. But there's there's some extra extra work to be done beforehand before I can really get to that. And like you'd said before, like plastering over screw holes and repainting the walls. I think that whole hurdle is, is what's slowing me down. But I'll, I'll get to it. One of these years, I'll get to it. Uh, otherwise, that is See, it. Well, the, the one thing about my collection is that, like, I, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I did that um, that whole Lego rant. <laughs> yeah. And um, since we moved here, I've taken apart close to 30 different Lego sets and parted them and put, in them, put them in bins. There's, it's just, it's too many. Like, I, I do not see myself buying uh, any more of the the smaller sets. The the the, the, the I'll, I'll continue to buy brickheads, but like as far as the um, the smaller dual sets or the micro fighters or battle packs, I mean, unless I want a figure, I do not see myself getting any more of of those sets. I'm gonna try to fo- like really hone in my focus on on the tie fighters um try to collect all the tie fighters that have ever been made and uh you know a, 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 an iconic ship here and there uh, or just try to stick to the UCS the UCS stuff and a razor crest of course yes yes of course <laughs> but uh yeah I, I, it's tough man there's only so much room, and uh, like I took a calculator to to the wall that I'm looking at right now, <laughs> and uh, I could have a nicer car, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pre- like, yeah, really. I mean, if you, if you if you collect anything to any serious degree, when you really add it all up and go, boy, if if I turn this into something to actually improve my life, what what could I have? And I don't, yeah. I don't even want to do the calculus on that. Oh man, it's like actually, you know what? Screw the car. I'm, I'm pretty happy with my car. Like I, I could go on like nice vacations. Ugh. Yeah, you know? that's the and one I don't want to hear. <laughs> you don't like the vacation thing? No, like I, I do, and I keep, you know, it's collectibles is like death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. It's like, you know, a hundred bucks here or 30 bucks there. And suddenly you've spent a couple grand and you're like, well, that's, that was a a really nice vacation. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. It's like that, that that instant gratification thing that, you know, the, the, these, these companies that produce products that are really not necessities, but we fall into that little trap. Oh man, do we ever? And especially now, like, from like 2020s have been a dark year, pandemic, death. Uh, you know, me not having a job at the moment. So you look for those things where you're like, I need, I need a little bit of happiness right now. And yeah, 
a little bit of hit, a little bit of hit, hit of uh, those endorphins every time you make a purchase. Like, oh, this this is gonna make me feel good, and it's totally yeah. that. This is gonna make me feel good right now. And then two days later, you're like, need another hit. Yeah, that's the problem. So I'm I'm glad this week that I I stopped the bleeding, and the collection that I've got is fine for the moment. I can just be happy with that, and I should work on getting it out there and displayed. And enjoy it that way because it'll feel like a new collection once I get to it. Anyway, um, I gotta pause the podcast here for a sec, dude. I, I just got a note from one of our Bothan spies. We got another. What? Bir- we have another birthday to acknowledge. Really? Yeah, Ju- July thirteenth really is quite the day, like a milestone being celebrated today. A fiftieth, oh. dude. Oh, nice. Fiftieth birthday, happiest. Of birthdays to the princely Ken Jong. Wait a second. You know I, Ken Jong, hang the Hangover. Yeah, I'll allow it. My one of my favorite one of my favorite memes when he's wearing the sombrero and the, the, sitting at the teacher's desk. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he's I think he's fifty one. What? Yeah, you might want to check your number on that. I don't think he's fifty. I think he's fifty one. We're gonna question the Bothan spy. Look, listen, Bad they, they have the, Let me, let's check they, ha- they have good intentions, but you know, sometimes it's not always pretty sure he's fifty one. Oh, I might you're... have seen that earlier. Oh boy. Oh, you're right. He's fifty one now. Well, we're gonna have to have a serious chat with our Botham spy out there. Oh my goodness. We're gonna have a long, a long serious talk. I don't I don't we can't have this, Carlos. Like we can't have unreliable information from our spies. No, it's it it doesn't work, and it's 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 amateur hour. I'm not I'm not very I'm not happy about this. Right? There's got to be somebody out there who's actually fifty and not fifty one. Like I I I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Well, let me see. Let me see. Got one. Oh, we got one. Let's hear this. What it? This is this. We won't find a better one than this. Um, happy 50th birthday to one of the most amazing people you're ever going to come across. Uh, someone that we are extremely grateful for. Stu! Happy birthday! Stubaka! Woo! Happy nice. birthday, Stubaka! Big milestone, big day. Bet you didn't know we knew, but we know. Because we have good... <laughs> reliable spies except for the one who will be executed for that faulty <laughs> ken jong information oh man wow you really got me going there i, I thought you were gonna t- uh, say it was gerard butler's birthday i was like oh yeah well let's see when it's good too like, where, where <laughs> when is where when was he born gerard oh, butler no he's idea. uh november 13th huh what, what how old is he he'll be he'll he'll also be 51 nice Look at that. I just pulled that one out. I'm sure how to pick him here. Wow. But Stu, man, oh man, like quite stu- in all seriousness, jokes aside, I think Stu might be our longest term listener going right back to one of our, our very first episodes four and a half years ago. Someone who week in, week out offers us kind words, uh, encouragement, compliments our work each and every week without fail. He's always yeah. been there for us. Like it's, it's crazy, the level of support we get from this guy. And 
he wears his positivity and like just the friendliness right on his sleeve. It's right out there. Everybody loves Stu. You cannot say a bad thing about Stu. Uh, so, uh, Stu, you, you I, could you could try, and you'll, you'll have to answer. Yeah. So, Stu, I hope I hope you have a great birthday week. I'm sorry it had to fall on a Monday. That them's the breaks. It's 2020. That's you know uh, par for the course. But you made it 50 50 revolutions around the sun, man. That is something to celebrate. I hope this week has been, or I hope this week will be uh, a great one for you. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm receiving some transmissions here from some pals, so let's 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 tune into these transmissions to see what they have to say. Hey, this is Grabs Granite wanting to wish the mighty Stubaka a very happy birthday, and no one can say it better. So here you go. Um, you look great, Stu, my dude. Happy 50th from your buddy Carlos, one quarter of the Nerd Room podcast. Dude, I gotta say, you're a class act. Your posts always bring a smile to my face, and I love having a fellow OG fan rocking the Twitter gang shoulder to shoulder with me. Hope your day was wonderful, and here's to 50 more, my man. Take care. Well, how about those transmissions? Nice to stumble across those. Nice to see the spies are working, the the holonets working, all our tech is working properly, mostly this week. But Stu, I hope you're feeling the love, buddy. So Stu, I I know you like Star Wars, obviously, uh, but you also love comic books and comic book shops. And they seem to be elusive these days. And some stores are going online, some have closed up entirely. It's been been tough during this this, uh, pandemic. But did you know, Stu... That there is one in your area, just 20 minutes from you. I bet you didn't know. New Dawn Comics. Did you know that, Stu? So, I highly suggest you give them a shout. (laughs) Highly, strongly suggest you call New Dawn Comics, and I'll help you out. Their number is 012-68777-786. Don't forget to do that, Stu. Um, anyway, again, happy birthday, my friend. Uh, I'm going to break my no drinking during the week, during the week rule. And, uh, I'm going to have a pint in your honor tonight, sir. Have a great day. Have a great week, sir. We love you, Stu. Absolutely. No better guy than Stu. All right. Uh, into the news, the non-existent news this week, Carlos, there is nothing to talk about as it pertains to the movies or shows other than... Solo is now on Disney+, Plus, which means you can now enjoy all 11 Star Wars movies on the app. Woo! Nice. <laughs> Ain't that something? I can't wait to have Wi-Fi in my apartment. <laughs> so I can actually enjoy Disney+, Plus again. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it's coming this week. Uh, but there is a little bit of news. I don't know if you wanted to hit on this at all. Um, apparently... Uh, episode seven, eight, and nine are going into legends. Oh no! Yeah, no, yeah, don't do it. Gonna... Don't do it. I, I no, I, I, I vetoed this last week. <laughs> it's gonna be great, man. Honestly, <laughs> I can't, I can't wait for those movies to be legends so that they don't exist anymore somehow, or we can all pretend that they were never made. It's gonna be amazing. Like, oh man, I can't wait. 
Like my whole life is everything about my life is going to change if those movies are no longer canon and become legends. Where are you I'll getting able, your info from? I'll be able to. I'll be able to like wipe them out of my mind, like uh, Babu Frick <laughs> wiped out <laughs> C-3PO's mind. I'll be able to do that. I, I can't wait. Like I'm so happy. Oh man. I don't understand where you're getting your information from. This, I don't know. Is, this, this is erroneous info that you have. You should say no to clickbait. We've got the shirt in the store. <laughs> I actually, I have the stickers too. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where the news came from, but I, it's completely ludicrous. Ah, uh, it's, like, it's the dumbest, the dumbest people believe this. Oh, and it's it's like, how do you hang your hat on something like like why is that so important to you? You know what? You know, part of it. Oh, hold on a second. I think, I think we might have somebody to join us on the pod. Let's see. Let's see if this works. Calling, calling. Is he going to answer? Will he answer? Are you calling George Lucas? No, he asked me never to do that again. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle, uh, maybe you don't uh, call me. I asked you not to call me on this line. Maybe you don't talk so much. Ah, oh, jeez, Rick, way to come in here and just louse up the joint. We just listen. We just finished wishing. St okay, why don't you just wish Stu a happy birthday, Rick? Listen. Stu, Stubaka, you are, I don't have many nice things to say about you because I don't know you. <laughs> way to show empathy. Way to read the room. God. But if there's anything I can say, I think you're awesome. Um, I like the Baka in your stew. And... Uh... <laughs> having a hard time cleaning up my barbecue space here, man. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this call so soon, Kyle. Well, <laughs> anyway, Stu, listen. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You're awesome. What? Wait, is it like a birthday? Wait, wait, wait what's going on here? It's a 50th birthday, Rick. Oh, shit. No. Okay. Right. <laughs> Have you been drinking? What? No. We don't drink in America. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Ooh. Stu, happy 50th birthday. That's it. Hey, Rick, nice. you know, uh, Car Carlos heard that the episodes 7, 8, and 9 are being relegated to Legends. What do, you, what do you have to say about that? I think, well, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. I think you're wrong. I think I think it's going to be great once once they actually like move it from canon to legends on Wikipedia. I'll be able to sleep better at night because I have absolutely nothing else going on in my life. And Carlos, if you can't sleep because a couple of movies, you know, I mean, you know, the Toxic Avenger series is uh, <laughs> my, my way to go for you. You want you want to deal with some bullshit in movies? <laughs> hey, wait. Where's Corey? I don't know. <laughs> I 
I, oh my god, it's great. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's on vacation. Or he's going on vacation. Uh, I don't know. You guys you guys so you guys don't get vacations. Uh well I'm on what they call unemployment enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> I had you a know week what? off. My my this <laughs> last week was a week off of work, but I was moving, so there goes that. I have often heard <clears throat> gainfully unemployed. And I'm wondering what the secret to that is, because if I cannot work and still find a way to support myself and my family, I would be all about that. Well, you got to pack your shit and move about two hours north. <laughs> well, what I'm doing right now is I'm packing up my uh, my lawn chairs. If you're hearing a, like a bunch of rustling around and shit, that's what I'm doing is uh, getting all my shit together. Hey, by the way. Carlos. What's up, bud? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. You? I had so many tacos to own the libs tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Please, no politics in Star Wars, uh, Rick. That's not what we're here for. Tacos are not politics, Kyle. They're just not. I like tacos. I'm sorry. unless, Unless you tweet out a picture of you at a taco bowl and say, I love Hispanics. <laughs> There's a siren. I got to go. I got to run. <laughs> with, with, with a drawer full of Adderall behind them. <laughs> what a psycho. I feel like I'm going to get done like Rick, uh, like Tucker, Tucker Carlson's writer soon. Oh, oh, man. Uh, there goes the explicit tag. We, we oh, just became an explicit. No. This is, it's not Sith Disturbers. So, but... Yeah, it, it's not Sith Disturbers. I thought it was. <laughs> I see oh, a theme. Uh, Every four minutes, Rick goes off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so um, in Star Wars news, um, can you say something nice about the uh, sequel trilogy? Uh, no, I, I, I don't like these threads. Say something nice about the prequels. Say something nice about the sequels. Say something nice about Hayden as Anakin. No! No! Can you say say something nice about the Star Wars Commonwealth then? Kyle? Never will you find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy, and we like it that way. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) So, So this is what I have to say about the sequel trilogy. It's canon. Wank! (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's it forget about the silliness like it's oh man get a life you know what it is I I, I only thought this and, and tweeted it to somebody earlier tonight on Twitter people who make up news make and they make it up make no mistake they are inventing this garbage uh, when something doesn't go their way like Star Wars they, they don't get the movies they want the creative people will go and they'll write themselves some fanfic and then they'll all pat each other on the back and say, we fixed it and it's great and power to you. Like when you put something down to paper, that story now exists and you can live in that story. And anybody who else, anybody else who wants to live in that story can live in that story. Congratulations. But for the people that lack the talent or ability to even to write fanfic, the thing they do instead is lie on the internet and make stuff up <clears throat> to 
warp reality to suit their own. That's what they're doing. They're just too lazy and talentless to do anything constructive. So they just make stuff up. That's it. That's that's what I got. That's what I think it is. I don't like that you called out J.J. Abrams that way. <laughs> oh! Wow! You had to shoot down J.J. Abrams on Stu's birthday. Have you no decency? John, John Jonah Abrams is a personal hero and friend of mine. I talked to him about an hour ago. And he wanted me to tell um, Stuart Debaculus Baca uh, happy 50th birthday again. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's where we are right now. Kyle, do you do you regret at all allowing me onto this call? I, I'm, I'm just curious. Not at all, because you know I don't think we're going to get to any of the things we plan to talk to tonight. <laughs> what, <laughs> what the hell were you planning to talk about tonight? Uh, well, we were going to talk about um, at length whether or not Obi Wan Kenobi actually failed Anakin. And no, of course not. Next. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening, <laughs> Stu. Hope you had a great day. Uh, we're gonna. Ra- oh, jeez. No, Rick. <laughs> Oh boy, are we still in the new segment? Even though the the non-existent new segment. Yeah. This is news. I'm in the news part. Oh my god, I feel so honored to spell my bullshit. <laughs> uh, Empire, you know Empire Strikes Back won the weekend box office, guys. Huh? I mean, you know, for the you know for the for the spring of 1980, this is uh, the best news ever. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I was i'll be honest with you like I, I i may have said this on the last podcast i was on that if if there was a chance that empire was going to be in theaters that i would jump at the opportunity well i gawked at the opportunity for the last three days like I, i'm afraid i'm afraid to put myself in that theater i'm not i'm not saying i won't do it but it, it it's gonna be I'm, I can't plan it where it's going to have to be a spur of the moment thing. And because uh, I, I really do want to watch it and, and I am craving popcorn. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a scary situation, man. Like in the next two weeks, so like things are going to spike here and I'm just not uh, not looking forward to what that entails yeah, listen like, guys I'm, I'm i'm closer to florida than both of you <laughs> and that scares the hell out of me i'm not going in any theater for a long time Fifteen thousand cases yeah far enough away that there's no there's no way in hell and you know again i brag about this i got to see the empire strikes back in front of an orchestra a year and a half ago so there but there's no way in hell i would do that again well listen guys I was only on for a minute. I, I'm not here forever. So I'm I'm jumping off again. Stu, happy birthday. Kyle, I love you. Corey, you're a friend. You're <laughs> something I know. <laughs> Carlos, ultra handsome. And uh, I'm sure you smell well enough if I ever get close enough to you. So next year, bud. Gentlemen, and I love you all. May the force be with you. And uh, follow Jam Transmissions at Jam... JT Comlink. Love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that wow, again? That was like the Pokeroo. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> who, who was that? Jake Conley. Oh, he's still Jake- there. <laughs> Sorry. Bob Forrest Ghost is still saying things about jam transmission. <laughs> I got to go. He's totally been okay. drinking. Seriously, beat it, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. That was something. I think, I, I don't know. I I can't remember anybody ever jumping onto a pod like that before. Man, that was a whirlwind. Uh, you know what? He's he's good at it. Well, the, the sneak attack? Sure. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. he wanted me to make sure that... I, I mentioned that he went viral yesterday on Twitter, and I have no idea why. I don't know. He may have said something funny. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't see anything. But I just want everybody out there to know that Rick went. You maybe you all know because I'm. I might maybe I'm the only one that doesn't know. But Rick went viral on Twitter. Ask him why. I'm sure he'd love to tell you. <laughs> I, th- I, I I think uh, in the, the year of 2020, we should probably find a better word to describe something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did I just title what? the podcast Going Viral? Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, okay, so Empire, yeah, we did talk about this. If Empire hit theaters, I said too. Like, yeah, man, I would I would strongly consider it. And I didn't even know cuz I checked at the time I checked the theater listings. It wasn't there. I looked on our our like Cineplex, the website, no mention of it at all. So I kind of let it slide. And then you sent me a screenshot of the booking times. I was like, damn it, it's it's there. This was Friday night. Or Thursday night. No, Friday, I think. I think it was Thursday that I sent it. Yeah, maybe, but, yeah, uh, maybe you're right. I may be wrong. But Friday, I was busy. Um, and then s- Saturday, I knew I wasn't going to get to it either. But today, Sunday, I woke up. And I go, hmm. I think I'm going to try. I think I'm going to try and fin- like finagle my way, finesse my way to going to a screening at 3 o'clock. And I just bring up to my wife. I'm like, hey, it turns out Empire is... Bl- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Like, really, no chance? She's like, it's, t- it's too soon. It's too soon. And she's, like, super high anxiety. And she's been so extremely vigilant throughout this whole thing. It It's wearing on her. And so I'm like... I got at that moment. I got a call from my my buddy Korsh Panaka, who just said, "This is a battle. I do not think that you can win." And I I I thought he was right, so I I didn't take uh, I I didn't want to fight that fight. It wasn't worth it for a movie that I own at least six times. I, I you know I I didn't think it was a smart idea to to die on the hill of going to a dangerous potentially dangerous place. To watch a movie that I know by know by heart and own multiple times, so uh, didn't happen. <laughs> I got vetoed. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand. Like uh, I was so gung ho about it, and then it's there, and it's like, ooh, yeah. Need to uh, need to think about that one. Yeah, but anyway, it, enough people went that Empire Strikes Back did win the weekend box office with somewhere around a half million dollar. <laughs> a hefty half million dollars at the box office, but that was enough to put it at and number it's one. On, and, and it's only five bucks a head. Yeah. And so, it's a 40-year-old movie. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool, man. That's awesome. Um, do you know why The Last Jedi was trending this weekend? Uh, because it's trash. Oh, because it's a cinematic failure, right? Yes. Yes, that's why it trended. <laughs> <laughs> do we need to d- issue the, the the sarcastic tag here? Uh, or do people know by now that you know we are unabashed fans of that movie? I think the people who know uh, are okay with it, and those who think we're serious are happy about it. <laughs> so it doesn't I'm, make a difference. I'm totally okay with that. Totally okay with that. Um, yeah, no, I have no idea why it was trending this weekend. I just don't know. But... Yeah. For a movie that I love so much, I am sick and tired of seeing the chatter about it online. It's the it, it's it's gotten to the point where both sides are unbearable at this point. It's unbearable, dude. Unbearable. Like it's the horse has been beaten, resurrected, beaten again, resurrected and beaten again. Like every couple of weeks, every month or so, there's a surge in chatter about the last Jedi and thank you Ryan Johnson and all the screenshots come out and all the talking points come back out. And we're like, we know I get it. We all get it. The people that hate it still hate it. The people who love it still love it. We're not getting anywhere. And then it turns into a war again between, uh, last Jedi lovers, last Jedi haters, and then rise of Skywalker lovers. And it all just comes to a head again. It's like Twitter has been a really tiresome place uh, for star Wars discourse lately. Anyway, positivity, man. Where is it? Where is it? We need new Star Wars stories. That's what we need. Yes, absolutely. Give me more Star Wars stories. Yeah, because, well, it was a point that somebody was, again, I can't remember any names. I'm terrible with this today. But it was like, we we had Clone Wars Season 7. We've had Mandalorian. These things now, unfortunately, feel like blips on the radar. Rather than things that that we're really going to cling to, like, because we just can't let go of these episodes eight and nine. It's, it's really weird. And I I used to think that if you're going to talk about a movie two years later, it's because it, it was a bold movie for better or worse. And there's a lot to talk about, but at the same time, it's like, we're not breaking new ground now. It's, it's, it's all been said. So can we just give it a rest, which we won't. Look, if, if you're talking about a movie uh, two and a half years or three years after it was released and it elicits such emotion, here's the news flash. It did its job. Yeah. Nobody nobody besides Joe Rogan is talking about Eddie Murphy's Norbit. Okay? <laughs> nobody 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 cares. If you have strong feelings one way or another about a movie, then the movie did its job. And just because your little fee-fees didn't get light stroke the way you wanted them to, doesn't mean that it's trash. That's that's the plain truth about it. And it likewise doesn't mean that it's going to be stricken from canon. Well, no, that I heard is true. Oh, right. Because it was on YouTube, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was it on YouTube? Sure. <laughs> That's where all the uh, cesspool garbage comes from. 
PooTube or uh, PeaceStream or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh boy, I don't even know what to say anymore. Anyway, I just I, new Star Wars stories. Bring bring them on. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. All right. Uh, was new that a... eras? New, new, new eras. New eras. Well, you have to pick up a book for that one, man. High Republic's on the way, but you know we'll we'll be here to break that down. All right. So that was a new segment that went on for I don't know twenty minutes, even though there was no news. <laughs> I I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Like, does that make us? <laughs> Forget it. Forget I said anything. <laughs> All right. So as I talked about when Rick had uh, bombed in here, we're going to talk this week about whether or not Obi-Wan actually failed Anakin. But before we get to that, like last week, Corey and I spoke about um, you know, a whole entire aspect of the Kenobi show with Vader being a part of it, Anakin being a part of it, rumors about Hayden Christensen being back in the fold, but we, we omitted an entire potential aspect of the Kenobi show last week when we talked about it. Uh, that being with like Kenobi's relationship to commander Cody and the rest of the clones and you know, with Tamara Morrison rumored to return in the Mandalorian again, it's, it's, it's a sign that he's back in the fold with Lucasfilm and it, it maybe it means that they've locked him in to play not only Rex and Boba Fett, if you believe all the rumors, but maybe Cody as well. So with these, with the latest resurgence in interesting clones, I, I think they'd be missing a real trick if they didn't also explore Kenobi's feelings and regrets and puzzlement towards the clones and what happened there during Order 50, uh, 66. What do you think? Oh man, I don't know. I like I'm not uh, a huge fan of the clones. Like I'm, and, and they kind of turn, so it's like I'm. I'm not partial to them. Uh, so like his relationship with Cody is like, yeah, they were great pals, and then he's like, shoot him down. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's like that's that's the from Kenobi's perspective, it's something that was never resolved for him. Like, what the hell happened? Like, he has no. I don't know if he has any real clue what about what happened. So I wonder if that if the Kenobi show could spend some time trying to unpack that. And of course, it's eight years I, later, I, so that's a long time to unpack that event. But there, I, like, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to hear anything about clones. <laughs> No, in the in the Obi Wan show, like no, it needs to be about force, ghosting, uh, commune, uh, communication uh, with uh, Yoda across the galaxy. It needs to be uh, about uh, looking after Luke, and it needs to be um, with it needs to deal with Obi Wan's 
failure of Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That like that should be the core of the show. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I, I, part of me thinks there's a little bit of room for like a B plot where where Cody is on a mission uh, to hunt down Kenobi because he was never found, and. Maybe you know. Maybe that's Cody's role post, post Order sixty six. Like I, I do think there's something to explore there, and like it, imagine if Cody was successful enough to come face to face with Obi Wan again on Tatooine. Like, what would Kenobi do in that instance? Like, does he does he put him down in order to protect Luke at all costs, or would he try to help him, assuming that Cody still was under the uh, under the spell of Sidious? I, I wonder what he'd do. No, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't like. I, I've never even gotten to the point where I. I if I was Obi Wan, I, I wouldn't even think of it. I wouldn't think about how Cody turned on me. Like he after the he says my troops turned on me. I I need help and like he's uh, Bail Organa sends the coordinates and they meet up and like. Their their goal is to stop Sidious' plot, right? Right. Like the the just the clones turning on them was just a small part of the greater the greater plan. So I don't I don't know if that contributes to his PTSD at all. Yeah, when you met, when you put it on the scale, one on one end of the scale, you've got the whole thing with Anakin. And then you put the thing with the clones on the other side, like the Anakin side completely outweighs it. And and that's why that's got to be the the heavy piece of the show. But just to wrap up that loose end, put a little extra thrust in there, maybe, or maybe that's good fodder for the inevitable Kenobi tie-in book or tie-in comic that's bound to come. Maybe that's a story more fit for that, for that format. But I, I think there's something there worth unpacking. Anyway, did Obi-Wan actually fail Anakin? Like, could could he have done more to prevent Anakin's fall, or is he being a little too hard on himself? And since, you know, again, since the Kenobi series is likely to focus on his PTSD and his regrets over Anakin's fall and everything that came after that, I think it's worth taking a look at what happened in their relationship to see if Kenobi realized too late that he was in fact a crappy teacher or if he was given a problem child or if he just never had a chance because Palpatine, you know, that that's almost like because reasons because Palpatine was constantly peeing in the well. Yeah. Palpatine got his hooks in pretty early. I think he, he was like, like, like when, when Luke, uh, in the, uh, in the Canon movie, uh, uh, episode eight, uh, when uh, <laughs> when Luke says that Snoke had already turned his heart, it's kind of the same thing. Like Palpatine slowly be- becoming Anakin's mentor, when Anakin's mentor should have been his Jedi Master. Like as a Padawan, you you need to look up to your master, and Palpatine was that person for him. It's Obi, but but the thing is, is that are we are we are we jumping into the the, the failure of of Obi Wan Kenobi? 
Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to that, but I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about here. But let's frame the, this part of this the discussion this way: like, what's what is the responsibility of the mentor, and what is the responsibility of the student? And for me, like, it, it's up to the mentor to teach the lessons, be the guide. Uh, but the student actually has to learn the lessons, internalize them, and then put them into practice. Like, or is it up to the mentor to teach the lesson or up to the student to learn it and then you know, use that knowledge in the practical intended way? Like, how do you see that? Uh, so I just want to like take, take what you said, expand on it a little bit, maybe just clarify. It's the job of the teacher to teach the lesson. It's the job of the mentor to give his student the tools to learn the lesson. Every mentor can't, doesn't have, you can't have a, a, a training manual as a mentor. You can as a teacher, right? So as, as a mentor, you're supposed to bring out the best qualities of your student to allow them to succeed A teacher can just sit at the front of a class and just teach a lesson, kind of like Yoda with the younglings. Yeah, but as a yeah, he was there, that's a, teaching. As as a mentor and Padawan relationship, every every relationship is different, and you you need to be able to bring out the best aspects of the person who's looking up to you. So I, that's where I think Qui-Gon would have been the figure that Anakin needed. Yeah, I think thing, things would have gone differently for, for a while anyway, and, and until Sidious realized that Qui-Gon is too much of a problem. And then, and then yeah, he, for sure. he focuses some attention on getting rid of Qui-Gon. You know that that's 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 you know a what if story for another time. But at that point, how, how far along does does that plan come into effect? And would it be too late? Like, would Adinkin have learned some of those lessons and learned how to deal with the grief and the loss? Yeah, it, it, I, Palpatine would have had to move quickly. I think. Which yeah yeah. You can't put anything past Sheev. He, he gets stuff done. Oh, no. Definitely. Or, or is, is Obi-Wan really the one to blame? Or is it sort of the Jedi as a whole? Because, like, Je Obi-Wan is, like, the model Jedi, air quotes, for that era. Like, he's dogmatic. But he's yep. also... He's obviously carrying the the flaws of the Jedi Order. Like the entire order was flawed at that point, so Obi Wan is just perpetuating those mistakes. He thinks he's doing things by the book, yeah, but he's really he's 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 preaching from a bad book. Yeah, he definitely he he Obi Wan drinks the Kool Aid. Obi Wan is the the quintessential frat boy. <laughs> he he's the he's the kid that that gets to college at eighteen and has his degree at twenty two. 
and gets a job and wears the suit and tie and believes it. Yep. That that's what Obi Wan is as a Jedi. Not diminishing his skill, not diminishing uh, his, his talent and uh, and his his wisdom. Everything but, about Obi Wan is good. He is a always his heart is always in the right place. He's always well intentioned. He's just Obi Wan's a cor- he's a corporate Democrat. Oh, like he's all, what have I said about, about politics and Star Wars? They just don't mix. No, no, no. But I'm saying he, he he believes he's doing right, and he's he's playing by the rules of the system that he's benefiting from. Which is funny because he had a master who was all against that. But the thing is, is that even in Episode One, he says, "If only you'd listen to the uh, the council, uh, you'd be you'd be on the council." Like yeah. he he actually he like his goal is to co- climb the corporate ladder. Like if only you listened, you'd be on the council. Like, and and Qui Gon's like, I'm trying to teach you more. Yeah, and it's it's weird that nothing that Qui Gon was doing was rubbing off on Obi Wan. I'm sure like, I'm sure there are some there's some Qui Gon in Obi Wan, but not enough and not in the right places. Well, only once does Yoda say Qui Gon's defiance. I sense in you. That's yeah, the only time. Only when when he's stubborn to say that I, I promised my master I would take on this Padawan and I'm going to do it with your blessing or not. Yeah, and uh, Yoda's looking down on Qui-Gon's stubbornness when that when that stubbornness is the thing that maybe Yoda should have paid a little more attention to and, yep. and, and took notes. Yep, absolutely. And then there's there's, you know, from the student side, like, Anakin felt overly criticized by Obi-Wan. Now, is that because he's soft or Anakin was drinking his own Kool-Aid or I'm the chosen one? Like, obviously, I'm special. I think uh, Anakin has. um... Ooh, this is going to be touchy right now. Um... He had uh, an attachment to his mother, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a codependency thing happening. And then when he was no longer with his mother, the codependency moved to Padme. Mm-hmm. And that type of codependency, if you're actually going to uh, break down the character uh Anakin Skywalker is a borderline personality disorder. Absolutely. So um yeah. Uh <laughs> I don't know what the purview of like how do you deal with that as as a teacher? Well that's a, that and that's kind of what I was saying off the top. Like did Obi-Wan just get a problem child? Like, did he get a kid that was damaged goods from the start? And it was just like, like for me, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, letting Obi-Wan take Anakin as a student was the biggest mistake the council ever made. They should have, if, you know, this kid that Qui-Gon brings before them, they test him, they go, yep, he's special. We don't want him. And Obi-Wan, eventually Obi-Wan says, I'll take him. Well, Qui-Gon says, okay, well, I'll train him as my Padawan. 
And they, yeah, I can, I can see where yeah. they would let that slide because Qui Gon is an accomplished Jedi, he's an accomplished teacher. They, they, they bristle at his rogue roguishness, but they respect him. With Obi Wan, this guy, he's still a Padawan, and he's taking on this special case, this virgins in the Force, this unheard of kid who walks into this council chamber and is like, okay, well now this. This fresh Padawan, barely a Jedi Knight, is going to train him? And that's cool with the Council just because he made a promise to his dead master? Like, somebody in the Council should have said, we're stepping in. Like, he needs or, to spend some time with us. Or, or, or whoever wrote the script should have maybe thought about that a little bit more. Yeah, or then again, like, because a story needs to unfold in a certain way, right? Like Anakin has to fall, so they had to provide yeah. a quick and simple path for him to fall. So let's just get him with Obi-Wan right away. Uh, but you know, th- there's there's large gaps in Anakin and Obi-Wan's time together as far as the movies go. Like we don't know like the biggest the chunk of time. Yeah. The, between yeah. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I think there's one story canonically, and it's a Charles Soule's comic book story. That has the two of them together. I don't. I, I haven't read it, so I don't know what's in it. But regardless, it can't be too much. It's five issues. So where, but where Anakin's real descent starts happening between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, inclusively. Like, what events do we get between the two in those two movies, where we can call out as you know? Oh, that's a good lesson, Obi Wan. Anakin missed it, or Anakin just missed it, or Obi Wan, you whiffed. Like you left this kid out to dry. Uh, I don't know. Like it, it's ten years, right? That he, the, the, by the time we see him in Attack of the Clones, it's ten years that Obi Wan is his teacher. Yeah, and he still turns to him in Attack of the Clones and says you will learn your place young one yeah like, he's like he's very that condescending. condescending yeah uh, I don't know like how much how much of that did Anakin have to deal with well yeah and he talks about being uh, Obi-Wan being overly critical he never listens I think that's that is that like Obi-Wan is just so headstrong as a teacher and he's just he's just trying to bounce through the curriculum and force Anakin into this box and it it doesn't work and there's two other i think these are bad pieces of wisdom in one dose in one scene that Obi-Wan gives to Anakin it's it's when they get to the Outlander club after the that chase through Coruscant and they meet up at the, the entrance of the bar Obi-Wan stops him and he says use the force think that's a bad lesson. Like, we go back to Phantom Menace. Qui-Gon tells Anakin to use the Force. Uh, or Listen to the Force. Use your instinct. Like, talk about mixed messages, right? Like, one guy's telling you to use the Force, think. The other guy's telling you to use the Force and listen to your instincts. Like, what? What am I, what am I supposed to be doing? I, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, that's a bad call. And the other thing he says, in the same breath, Obi-Wan... This weapon is your life. Yeah. 
that's another bad lesson to like when you when you go to the end of the saga or end of return of the jedi luke's rejecting the saber and again in episode eight he's rejecting the saber that is the lesson the the, the lightsaber is not a jedi's life at all yeah but that's here's exactly it and obi-wan's telling you 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 must worship this cylindrical thing that's a that, that's two bad lessons right there you know, so it's it's easy to see how Anakin could be f- confused about what it's like to be a Jedi. He's, his his head is spinning. And another one I think that is, uh, I guess this one could swing either way depending on your POV. But when Padme falls off the gunship, you know they're chasing after Dooku, and she falls off the gunship, and Anakin wants to go after her and make sure she's fine because he's clearly head over heels in love with her. And he'll put everything on hold, including a war, to go check on a, on his girlfriend or would be girlfriend. And and Obi Wan is like, nope, get your head in the game, buddy. We have to go catch Dooku. And Anakin very resentfully goes, yeah, all right, like. Well, he goes, what do you? What would she do if you fell? And then he says, she would do her duty. And there's so much Which, resentment what, there. Yeah, but that's the mature thing. That's yeah, he the, made the, the actual answer. But you, you, yeah. So he makes the mature choice is to you know do your job. Like we can end a war and stop a whole lot of suffering if we can stop Dooku right now in this moment. But you know that Anakin in that moment, his heart is not in it. He's he's thinking about Padme rolling down the sand dune. That's where that's where he wants to be in that moment. And it, so so what's Obi Wan supposed to say? He's like, okay, well, okay, Anakin's not going to be of any help to me, so he might as well go. Uh, Go play in the sand. Well, and yeah, I don't know. Like that's this is one of those things where it's like, well, if you let him go, would that have, would Anakin have then viewed Obi Wan differently? Yeah, you. I'm I'm so grateful to you that you let that you gave me that moment to go to go help her. Or like, did he? I I followed you to stop Dooku, and we got into a fight, and I got my arm cut off, and I had to save you because you're too stupid to. <laughs> not get two tiny little flesh wounds like you suck obi-wan like i didn't get to do like, anything like obi-wan's obi-wan's a, a great duelist but his match is dooku he cannot beat dooku for whatever reason it, it's like mike mcphee killing the boston bruins <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's just every, everyone has that one weakness yep and that's Dooku for for Obi Wan. He just can't. And 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 Anakin destroys Dooku, but Anakin can't destroy Obi Wan because Obi Wan's style matches. He's able to to block everything that Anakin does. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's it, that whole aspect of it is 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 amazing storytelling. Like, sure, and. It's uh, definitely done on purpose, which I got to tip my cap to uh, to the maker, flannel, flannel pajama guy. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, no, but but so the thing is, is like there's this whole thing of of, of about destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what would was it always going to be that way? 
And does it really matter who Anakin's teacher was? Uh, you know, I mean, this is our job to go over the what ifs, but if it was always meant to be, then it doesn't really matter. And it just happened to be that way. But I think that there is more, um, our destinies are not painted out fully. There are certain points, like certain stars that you can, you can trek towards that are constants. But what happens in between is still up to you. Well, this like is like that. like what happens in the the great novel Hindsight by Matthew Keegan, based on a story by Mark Godsiff and Paul Jones. Yeah, <laughs> there are moments in time that are fixed, but other things can be changed. But those yeah. fixed moments are not going anywhere. They're going to happen. No, exactly, they're going to happen regardless, right? So, Anakin could have been the perfect student the whole way, and instead of his turn being gradual, it could have just came come on a dime. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously we don't know because it's, you know, it is what it is, but I still think that Anakin failed himself, but, and, and Obi-Wan failed as a teacher. And it's the allegory for, for, for it's Palpatine actually says it. He goes, people who, when he was talking about uh, uh, Plagueis, was saying how those who have power are afraid to lose it, even the Jedi. Yeah. You know, and that's like, old blue dog corporate Democrats don't want to give up the ring. And, and because of the system that, that allowed them to get to where they are is to them, the only viable system. Yeah. You don't, why, I don't want to lose the system. It's this, this works for us. It works. It works for me. It works for my friends, uh, but they're completely out of touch with real people and I think if you as a, a I mean, come back to the mentor thing if you if you go back to that apprentice mentor relationship you you can't go by the book you need you need to understand the person that you're with as opposed to um, forcing a, a dogma down someone's throat who is probably not receptive to it. And your job is to make it, make them receptive. Well, and, and that's it, right? That's, that's where Obi-Wan was set up to fail because he just didn't have that experience. He has no idea. Like he has no idea how to, how to, be that listening listening or sounding board for Anakin. He doesn't know how to be that figure. Even though Anakin says, you're the closest thing I have to a father. Obi-Wan doesn't know how to be a father. He, he's no, got no idea. I, he's a brother. And exactly. In their, in their fieriest moments, he says, 
you were my brother. Yeah. And Anakin didn't need a brother. Anakin needed his mother and a father. That's that's what he needed. And the father, the father figure in, in his life was the was devil. Was Qui Gon? <laughs> well, Qui Gon well, to yeah, start, no. and then later on, it became the like the devil. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's the. But I mean, his. I think if he could have closed his eyes and and said like who he'd like for his father figure to be, it would have been Qui Gon. Quite possibly, yeah, for sure. Although yeah. I don't know, like we never really saw Anakin get get his ego stroked by Qui Gon the same way that Palpatine was always willing to tell him exactly what he wanted to hear, because like <clears throat> Anakin comes into uh, Attack of the Clones and he he thinks that he rivals Master Yoda as a swordsman. Uh, you know, he's complaining about being held back and he's boasting about being better than Obi Wan, and even into Revenge of the Sith. He's talking about how his powers have doubled and like this list of self-entitlement and boasting. It never ends with that Anakin. He's full of himself and that's all stoked from Palpatine, I think. And I don't know if Obi-Wan ever had a, a fair shot to coach him out of those those thoughts. No, probably not. But I think Qui-Gon would have been would have been prepared to to teach him, like, to beware of vanity. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, and, like, that's one thing that I, I, um, my son's 13, and uh, I was 13 in high school, and uh, things are different. And I told him, you need to be careful. You need to treat everybody with respect, but be careful with the ones who praise you when you might not necessarily deserve it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. And that's, that's so hard for a kid to, to grapple with, right? Like they want to hear good things about themselves at that age, but where's yeah. the, oh. because the thing is, is that, um, and this is what I, what I told him is that words, once they're spoken, they, they just, they fly away. They're, they're, there's nothing tangible behind them. Like you'll, you'll remember it forever or maybe not, but there's nothing behind that. Like acts of kindness are tangible. Actions are tangible. And you need to remember that words spoken today could be unspoken tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And I like, think I will be one definitely put the blood, sweat and tears in to try to be that father figure where Palpatine was just the vanity. Yeah, and, 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 and what kid doesn't want to be complimented by his father and told how special he is by his father, right? And so here's Palpatine saying, "You're going to be the greatest Jedi ever. You are so powerful, Anakin. Did you know that?" Let me tell you how powerful you are. Come and sit down. And he's like, yeah, oh, man. The Chancellor is just laying it on me. I love this. And then Obi-Wan says, Anakin, you, you're you not even listening to me, Anakin. You're like, you're never, you, no, you're not nearly as good as Master Yoda. What are you talking about, kid? Like, there's, he's not getting the right messages from the right people. No. 
but the thing is that it's fake, right? It's like it's the it's the Snow White mirror mirror on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, the mirror is gonna tell you what you want to hear. You know, until it until it doesn't, like in, in that case. But like, yeah, for for Anakin, Palpatine was the mirror to what he wanted to hear, and Palpatine knew that because he could read his thoughts. Yeah, and and. I'll make a little bit of a leap here, and I don't think it's a big leap, but I have to believe that Palpatine, and this is sort of a feather in the cap of Obi-Wan, I think, but I I have to think that Palpatine feared Obi-Wan was keeping Anakin a little bit too much on the straight and narrow, and he had to do something about it. Absolutely. Palpatine no doubt knew about Anakin's nightmares about his mother. I I don't know if we know that for sure, but I bet Anakin told him. And we know for sure that Palpatine knew about Anakin's nightmares about Padme. So Palpatine manipulated events in both of those situations to split Anakin and Obi-Wan apart so that Anakin yep. would be on his own to deal with his mother and on his own with the, like this woman that he's got all kinds of hormonal feelings for. Right. And then, then he'd be again on his own to, uh, to deal with losing the one person that could teach him how to save Padme. So Obi-Wan's out of the picture for all of these things. And it's all engineered by Palpatine. And you got to wonder how things would have played out if Obi-Wan and Anakin were together in any of those situations so that Obi-Wan could help Anakin through those times, maybe even up to and including saving his mother. Instead, just nails were just being put in the coffin. Yeah. But it took it took Obi Wan being, like it took Palpatine to figure out how am I going to get this rotten sob out of the picture. You know, it, it's like it was like uh, uh, Healy and uh, what's his name. <laughs> Think about the guys in something about Mary. Oh my God! <laughs> you have Healy and, and the fake crippled guy. Trying yeah. like, scheming to get Ben Stiller's character out of the picture, like they they knew that this guy was problem that, that with him in the way they could never get to marry. So we got to get him out of here. <laughs> so funny. So that I mean that's what's going on. Like Palpatine's got to put in the the brain power here. How can I whip up a situation so that I can get Anakin away from his security blanket of Obi Wan? This has taken too long. I need to break this kid down now. Like, he's actually quite desperate at the beginning of episode three, where he's like, leave him. We won't make it. Leave him. Yeah, he, and, just, he just goes for it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm taking a swing now. Like, I can get this guy out of the way right now. And I think Anakin kind of senses that. And he's like, wait a second. This, this guy means a lot to me. He gives it right back to Palpatine, saying his fate will be the same as ours. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you, like, if he dies, we die. That's that's what he told Palpatine, which is like, wow, like Anakin has a long way to fall if that's if that's the guff he's given back to Palpatine. But I think he only he only does it that way because he senses Palpatine's um, desperation. I think. Yeah, maybe. Like he he was almost ready. Like he when Anakin kills Dooku, and. Like you could tell, Palpatine's getting a little. He's like little palps is at attention, you know. 
and, and a little you, sheave in the sleeve. A little. Sh- <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's great. He's yeah, absolutely. He's he's pitching a tent down there, no doubt about it. He's happy about and, what's going on. And he's like, "Oh my god, I could taste it. Oh my god, I could taste it." Because oh, he he I, again with Obi Wan out cold out of the picture, he gets Anakin to murder in cold blood. Yes. And it's like all of these things happen with Obi-Wan on the sidelines. Like there's, there's, this is three things now, three big moments in Anakin's slide to the dark side where Obi-Wan could do nothing about it. And I think that's important because it, it, I think it does signify that Obi-Wan maybe was doing a good enough job to keep Anakin from sliding completely off the road. Yeah, but not really. Because the thing is, is that if um, your mom teaches you a lesson and you only follow the lesson when you're in the view of your mom, but as soon as your mom's not there, you don't follow the lesson, it's because you didn't learn it. Uh, so, like, when I was a kid, my mom would make us wear wear a winter hat to school. I didn't want to wear a winter hat. Babies wore winter hats. So I'd, I'd leave the house with it on my head. And as soon as I got around the corner, I would take it off. Yeah. That's I knew it you're was an wrong. ungrateful, ungrateful son. It was an idiot. It was a stupid yeah. thing to do. Like it's, it makes no <laughs> sense. And kids do stupid stuff like that all the time. I knew it was wrong. I knew that. Yeah, I could get frostbite by, by doing this, but I won't get made fun of. And make, people might think I'm a big boy. So I'm taking this hat off. And it, it's, I think there's some of that at play with Anakin. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, for me, it's like um, he doesn't want to disappoint Obi-Wan in his presence. But when he's not there, he has nobody to answer to. And his, his ego and his passion and all those bad things are, are what take control. So Obi-Wan was the attenuator on on Anakin's evil. But the problem is you can't as a parent, you need to be able to leave your children alone and let them live their lives. Yeah. And if, if all it takes is for me as a parent to allow you to step out the door and then you kill someone, (laughs) guess what? Uh, you know, you weren't prepared to be let out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's one way to put it. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Boy. So, yeah, it's um, there's so much at play there. Like, especially and like in this story, there's just so much that you can look back on. And you know what? Actually, the majority is still unknown because there's a ten year period there, but. Yeah, those From real formative we, years are kind of a blank. But but like I said, if if you if you could like if you're gonna ten years later or ten years in, you're gonna learn your place, young one. Like uh, how, how how much how many times have you said that over twelve years or ten years? Like you, you dressed the kid down in front of in front of the girl he has a crush on. Like you embarrassed him. Yeah, but he's not even supposed to have a crush. Well, oh, and well, yeah, but even Obi-Wan had. 
you know, he, he, he'd been in a relationship with, with uh, Duchess Satine. So even from that regard, Obi-Wan didn't recognize the sign or didn't respect the sign that, yeah, okay, this boy has, this boy has feelings for that girl. I should, you know, I need to respect that. Instead, I'm going to embarrass him in front of her. Yeesh. Anyway, like, regardless, like, Obi-Wan, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't appear to forgive himself at all. Like, he seems to take all the blame on. Even in Return of the Jedi, he's still eating the blame for not being able to teach Anakin as well as Yoda might have. Which, yeah. That's always been a, like such a problem for me. Like again, like why did the or why didn't the order assume responsibility, some responsibility over Anakin? Like I just, I'll never be able to get my head around that. Even just like an intense learning program for a year. Let's put our very best people on this kid, and you know, for one year and just, just people who have been here, been there, and done that with with Padawans, especially ones that might be problematic instead of whatever we'll never get closure on that particular story but like eventually obi-wan does come around and he's he's sort of tasked with taking care of luke and presumably to train luke at some point which he does very briefly but did he do anything fundamentally different with luke in the short time they had together that we would have indicated that yeah I, I learned a thing or two I don't know well, what does he do he he try he barely explains what the force is he tells him tells him an outright lie from a certain point of view yeah like search your feelings like, like, the, that, we don't really there's no training there like that's not training stretch out with your feelings block out block those little blasts i mean you're right there's they get like a couple hours together but then it begs the question for me like luke turned out all right you know here's a a moody skywalker who has obi-wan for a day yoda for a couple of weeks that's it and luke turned out just fine like why did luke seemingly need so little mentorship when Anakin was an absolute mess and Luke only comes into this whole thing a full decade after Anakin at, at 19 is when Luke finally steps into the mess. I'm starting to think that Luke is a Mary Sue. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. You can't, you, ooh. Uh, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, you sure said it. Yeah, you can uh, you can reach me at top rules with a Z. That's our that's that's we're to send the hate mail. Yeah. That's I mean I think that's a that's a fair question. Why did that Skywalker turn out okay when Anakin did not? Well, he turned out okay, but he teetered. He yeah, he, he teetered. <laughs> it took Anakin to really goad him, you know, and it was. In that moment, at a point in time when Anakin thought he was going to die anyway, or sorry, when Luke thought they were all going to die on on board the yeah. Death Star, so eh, you know what? Let me let me uh, let me have a little flirtation here with the dark side. I'm going to die anyway. But he he hung in there, and he he stared down Palpatine. So there's there's they're fundamentally different people, Anakin and Luke. And I don't know if Obi Wan gets any credit for that. But uh, yeah, 
in the 12 hours they spent together, I don't know really that Obi-Wan made that much impact on his life. Anyway, uh, we put out the call, as, as I always like to do, getting some comments from powerful friends. And they come through. We got Wayne, Darth Newman Knight, who's got a great comment. I will read that right here. He says, in Obi-Wan's words, I thought I could train him just as well as Yoda. I was wrong. Obi-Wan still had Padawan braids when he took on Anakin as his own Padawan. He had just lost his master and was trying to do what Qui-Gon couldn't. He took on Anakin because he knew Qui-Gon felt the kid was something special. He certainly wasn't ready to take on his own Padawan. As Filoni said, Anakin needed a father, but what Obi-Wan gave him was a brother. Again, in his own words, Anakin, you were like my brother. If another more experienced Jedi had taken on Anakin, would we have had a different outcome? Could Mace Windu or Yoda been able to keep Anakin in check, or would Palpatine still have sensed the power in Anakin and wormed his way in to twist him to the dark side? You see a lot of their relationship in Revenge of the Sith. Palpatine was basically his mentor and confidant. If anything, Palpatine was Anakin's real father figure. In my opinion, Anakin was destined to fall, and unfortunately, Obi-Wan has to take the L. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, Palpatine was always going to get his man, just like Anakin was always going to redeem himself. So yes, Obi-Wan failed Anakin, but so did all the other Jedi. They were all blind to the Sith, controlling everything behind the scenes. To take a page from the MCU, the Sith were like Hydra, a beautiful parasite growing inside shield. They just didn't realize it until it was too late. That is from Wayne Knight. Great comment there. We touched on a lot of that. Um, And again, I think the key part, yes, Obi-Wan failed Anakin, but so did all the other Jedi. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the Jedi order failed Obi-Wan just as much as he failed Anakin. Yeah, when they yet, when they allowed and, and, him to take on Anakin, I think that was a a huge failure, and just the the general flaw, dogmatic like the flaws in being dogmatic that the 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 Jedi had the, they'd become by that point was another failure. Yeah, and again, Wayne Wayne says that like Obi Wan was his brother, Palpatine was more like Anakin's father. That is spot on to me. Even, yeah. even though Anakin does say to Obi-Wan, like you said, like, you're the closest thing I have to a father. Uh, the, re- the real dad is behind the scenes really manipulating things. So, yeah, Wayne nailed it. Home run with those comments, man. Good job. Uh, and Dave Hackerson also chiming in. So this this Dave always has great comments. This one's no different. Uh, it is difficult to further elaborate on what Wayne so wonderfully expressed above in his comment. I would agree with his closing sentiment. Obi-Wan failed Anakin, as did all the Jedi, save for perhaps two, which I will mention later. First of all, Obi-Wan flat-out admits to Anakin at the climax of their duel on Mustafar that he had failed him. I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. One way in which I have always felt that Obi-Wan failed Anakin was that we never see good old Ben draw upon the teachings of his master Qui-Gon. Every time I revisit The Phantom Menace or watch the episodes in The Clone Wars in which Qui-Gon makes an appearance, I am reminded of how much of a maverick Qui-Gon was. He broke the mold and shattered the veneer of Jedi dogma. That, I believe, is what enabled him to unlock the secrets of retaining his essence in the Force after death. In the few scenes we have of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan alone in The Phantom Menace, 
we see Qui-Gon trying to show Obi-Wan how to ask the right questions and keep an open mind, rather than blindly following the will of the Council. It was the Force, not the Council, to which Qui-Gon gave his allegiance, and that is a lesson I believe Obi-Wan did not fully learn until after the Jedi were destroyed by Order 66. Uh, had Obi-Wan been more in tune with Qui-Gon's approach, I think he would have been better able to let the Force guide him rather than the dictates of the Jedi Council. The two Jedi who I believe did not fail Anakin were, one, Ahsoka, and two, Plo Koon. The first is fairly obvious, in my opinion, but the latter may come as a surprise. That said, when we think about it, these two make the most sense. It was Plo Koon who discovered Ahsoka, and while this may have been addressed in some piece of canon I have yet to read, I believe he played a big role in having Ahsoka placed under Anakin's tutelage. Plo Koon was a bit of a maverick himself. I remember more than a few scenes in the Clone Wars in which he would step on Anakin or Ahsoka's behalf, step in on Anakin or Ahsoka's behalf, when Obi-Wan was being excessively critical. His clone battalion was also a great reflection of his maverick tendencies. Two of the clones we know that removed their chips were Rex and Wolf, who who they did who did and geez. Two of the clones we know that removed their chips were Rex and Wolf. And who did they serve under? Anakin Ahsoka and Plo Koon. Mm. We saw Rex hesitate to order execute Order 66, and I'm sure that Wolf may have taken a few seconds to grapple with the order as well. In contrast, Commander Cody did not hesitate and instantly orders for his troops to fire on Obi-Wan. The non-dogmatic approaches of Anakin Ahsoka and Plo Koon rubbed off on their troops while Cody was fairly straight to the book, just like Obi-Wan. Ahsoka Ahsoka never gave up on Anakin. Even when she eventually learns that Anakin has become Vader, she still tries to reach out to the presence of Anakin that she knows resides locked away in in the prison that is Vader. I tear up, even now, thinking about their confrontation confrontation on Malachor. As she cries out to Anakin, I won't leave you, not this time. Some of the greatest Star Wars there. In looking at Ahsoka's belief in Anakin, we see the final part of Obi-Wan's failure. Once he left Anakin on the banks of the Lava River on Mustafar, he believed Anakin was truly gone. His, His stewardship over Luke, albeit from a distance, was more of his mission to raise the one to do what Anakin failed to do, instead of looking for Anakin's own son to bring him back from the darkness. Even when they meet on the Death Star, Obi-Wan does not try to reach out to Anakin. Rather, he is confident that he is one and that Luke will beat Vader one day. In that sense, Vader's words were tr- uh, run true. Obi-Wan's failure was complete. But it wasn't his failure as a Jedi. It was his failure to continue pushing to bring back his apprentice and brother to the light. That, my friends, is Dave Hackerson. Damn. <laughs> Damn, man. I love it. I love what Dave said there. I, I, the, the thing about the clones, reflecting um, their kind of Jedi General's attitudes when it com- comes to yeah. Order 66, Wolf and Rex resisted, and they had Maverick Jedi Generals, whereas Cody was by the book, just like Obi-Wan. And I, th- I never thought of that before. I, I love that. That is so spot on. Like you, we see this in sports, right? Where the this, there's a saying where that a team takes on the personality of their coach, and that's that's what this is. Like Cody and that whole squadron 
by the book, just like the general. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, man. man. And I also like how gently and eloquently he put that Obi-Wan essentially quit on Anakin. Like Obi-Wan is a, was a quitter and quitters like they get a rough ride in our society. Right. Like even, even right through return of the Jedi, Obi-Wan insists that Luke has to kill Vader. And, and yeah. And he concedes that if Luke can't kill his father, then the emperor has already won. Like Kenobi as a force ghost that should have unlocked all kinds of, happy feelings and peacefulness and, and possibilities. Kenobi as a force ghost still doesn't consider Anakin coming back to even be a possibility. He's twisted and evil, more machine than man. Like that's how far gone Obi-Wan thought that Anakin was. And it shows how far gone Obi-Wan was really in, in a lot of ways. So yeah, Great stuff there, Dave. And Wayne, you guys killed it, man. Killed it. Put the cherry on top of the Sunday there. Uh, so I, I guess it's fairly unanimous that, you know, I think we all agree to some degree that no doubt Obi-Wan failed Anakin. And it kind of sucks to say that because who doesn't love Obi-Wan? Like, I love him. I'm sure you you like him a lot, too. Like, he's he's almost universally universally loved. But he was just ill-prepared for the task that he took on and and was allowed to carry on with probably for way too long. But he's he's so noble. His intentions are always pure. You never question his motives. And it, it, it just hurts to, to label Obi-Wan as a failure. So yeah, that's 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 my final thought. What do you what do you got to close up on this? Um I mean, we, man, I'm, I'm still like my jaws on the floor from from Dave's like perfect like um, mirroring of of what happens on like with the characters and oh, man, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic and it's like yeah, he's so by the book. Like we were talking, we were talking earlier about. You know how he's like full on establishment. Like that's that's it. That's exactly it. And uh, so well said. Um, I, I when we first discussed uh, this this whole topic for for the show, uh, my first answer is going to be what I'm going to answer now. Um, when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. So when Obi-Wan says, I failed you, Anakin, I failed you, you got to believe him. Like, he failed him. He absolutely did. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's really unfair. Like, not to say that, I think it's unfair that Obi-Wan had to carry that cross for the Jedi Order. That was unfair to, to him. Like, the Jedi did Obi-Wan dirty, in my opinion, and never should have let that happen. Like, if you're worried that the, this student might be a troublesome student, you don't put him at the back of a class. No. Like, you're, you don't put him in the outer rim. You want to keep him in your temple, front row, center. Yep. You you want, you know what you want? You want that kid to sit in the council chamber while you guys are talking. So he absorbs that. That's what you want to do. And 
or what should you should do in a case where you're worried about something, whereas they just throw them to the wolves. Yeah, like from the from that Jedi's pers- like the council's perspective, they should have said he's let's let's we're gonna get a little fold out chair. We're not gonna grant him the rank of master. He's not gonna get one of these fancy chairs. Get him a little fold out chair from the closet. He's gonna sit here and just learn from us the best. Even though those guys were all clowns and and flawed in in big ways, at least their heads would have been in the right place to say, we need to handle this. But what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Well, and that's where the rubber hits the road. (laughs) It's all about the (laughs) Wookiees. But I, uh, yeah, man, I think, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion. We're kind of done with that. Wayne and Wayne and Dave really kind of uh, were the final beautiful dessert in that course good job guys um and yeah that that is it for the podcast this week i think i don't think i have anything else left to talk about this week no i think we're good cool all right guys if uh if you want to be part of the podcast you can send us your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com love to get your questions on the show we'll answer them we'll put them into the queue uh if you want to help us out there's a bunch of ways you can do that First and foremost, make sure you subscribe to the podcast somewhere, anywhere. Uh, Share it with your friends out there on social media, even those who aren't on social media. A listen's a listen. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read that on the show. And you can also consider becoming a powerful friend of ours on Patreon. Like Wayne, like Dave, like the birthday boy, Stubaka. All powerful friends, one and all. You can check out uh, that group and you'll find that at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. We do all kinds of extra audio content. I hear people like it. Go check it out. Give it a shot if you're so inclined. Uh, and our powerful friends this week will get a new episode of Luminous Beings with Nathan and I. It's going to be a fun episode, I think. So check that out. Uh, shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode of Tumbling Saber and all episodes as part of his E14 Endorse program. You can learn more about that at Emotionally14.com. And be sure to check out the pal's of ours at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Eight great shows. Everybody's enjoying their summers, but still cranking out the Star Wars goodness. You can find that group over at uh, on, on Twitter, at Star Wars Commonwealth. On Facebook, look for the group. And also on Apple Podcasts, you'll find us as a podcast provider. All the shows will be linked under that banner. And that's it. With all that out of the way, Carlos, where can we find you on social media? Y'all can find me at C Candido Music or at the Funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram or at CarlosCandidoMusic.com. You can find me over at Tumbling Saber on the old Twitter machine and on uh, Facebook in our closed Facebook group, which is a nice, cozy little safe haven of Star Wars chat with some good folks. Come check that out. Uh, you can find Chop Rules with a Z out there on the Twitter machine. You won't hear from him this week as he's out on vacation, but uh, send him some hate mail. He's always good to hear that. Uh, and also, don't forget to wish the birthday boy, Stu Baca, at Luke's Spare Glove on Twitter, a happy birthday. Make sure he feels the love. He deserves it. Uh, so that's going to do it for the podcast this week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know how we did. And we will talk to you again next week in a new episode. And until then, everybody, may the force be with you. Love you, guys. Static draws me closer to your place. 
my dreams fall away signs blindly to the lions on your face beating strong drifting not relive this dream Are you running away? 